Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Boxing Day, Kwanzaa. You know, this time of year, there's so many different things going on, but there's one thing that everyone can agree on, and that is Dio is awesome. Welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my festive friend, Chris Sinzak. What's happening? Ready to rock and roll today, man. It's Dio Sember. It's about time Dio Sember got here. Yeah, it took seven years. Seven years been waiting for Dio Sember, and it's finally here. Yeah, we're doing a special on Ronnie James Dio today, and uh, you'll get an, a second volume pretty soon, too. That's right, because we got a whole month yeah. of Dio Sember. Well, really, a whole week. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the playing and the recording and all, it, it's all relative. Yeah. Before we get into all that, of course, you know, we got to take care of our business here, and our favorite course of business is the reviews and the recommendations. And guess what, people? Today we got all three. Yeah. That's right. Facebook, iTunes, Podchaser, it's all here. Let's start out with an iTunes one. This one is, oh yeah, they're back, all five of them, five stars. Comes to us from Mighty K right here in the good old USA. It goes a little something like this. I just started listening to podcasts a year ago. Just found this one a couple of weeks ago. So grateful I did. I love listening and getting really interesting info on the bands I know, but I also really love finding out about bands I haven't heard of yet. The guys have a great show. And that comes to us from Mighty K. Five stars, iTunes, love it. It's a great one. Thanks, dude. All right. That's a she, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. The 1% of our audience. Girls love us. I know. All right. That's very cool. Here's a Pod Chaser review. Five stars. These are pink stars. I like that, too. <laughs> Goes a little something like this. Decibel Geek is a never-miss podcast. Even if the music isn't always necessarily in my wheelhouse, Aaron and Chris are always entertaining, and although 100% knowledgeable about the subjects, don't come off as know-it-alls, and aren't afraid to say, I didn't know that. Can't recommend the show enough. And that's from the Synaptic Empire, who is Randy Brown, who we've had oh, right at the, the Expo for two years in a row. That's right. Very Thanks so cool. much, Randy. That's awesome. And finally, wrapping things up today with a Facebook recommendation from Gunter Schroeder. 
He recommends Decibel Geek Podcast. Why? He says, do you know what I love? Sitting in gridlock traffic on the highway. Why, you ask? Because of podcasts like this. Their Albums Unleashed series is awesome. An in-depth discussions on some of hard rock and metal's all-time classic recordings. John Karabi talking about Motley Crue's self-titled album. Michael Wagner dissecting the recording of the first two Skid Row albums. And so much more. Two great hosts with incredible love and knowledge of the greatest genre of music known to mankind. Bring on Rush Hour Traffic. Rock on, dudes. 666 stars. That's a lot of stars. That's a lot. That's amazing. You can't ask for nothing better than that for Christmas time. Yeah, we, those you know, are good for us. Yeah, all three of them. Thank you guys so much. Very cool. And, you know, the last couple of weeks, man, we really busted it out for you guys. We yeah. brought you 81 Part 1, and last week we did 81 Part 2. Had a lot of great response to mm-hmm. both of those. Everybody loves it when we do the year in reviews. Who loves it more than anybody else? The geeks people the that get out there and reshare it and retweet it and all that good stuff, those are our Geeks of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Sneed Rock, Tom Cullen, Derek Novak, Kevin Williams, Sean Cullen, Matt Ashcraft, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Shane Abair, Todd Cunningham, Mark Alden-Taylor, Rock and Ron Runyon, Ronnie Dixon, Brankatel, Mikhail Burrell, Ray Coon, Simon Cat, Jay Shablewski, Dave Koska, Adam Cox, David Glenn, Brad Calmanson, Joseph Capone, Mike Parnell, Tom Smoke, Christopher Stokes, Daniel Lee, Eladio, Jeff Mendenhall, Bipolar Billy, David Cathy, and of course... The, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Everybody out there celebrating this wonderful holiday season of rock and roll. And this one around here for us, Dio. Yeah. Let's get to it. It's been a long time coming, man. We've never actually done a full episode dedicated entirely to Dio. Why? I have no idea. I don't know. It's, I love Dio. You love Dio. Yeah. Seems like who, a natural. Who doesn't love Dio? I don't know. And so what a great way to celebrate the month of December right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're going to break this up into two different yeah. episodes, two different weeks. The first week we're going to do pre-Dio, mm-hmm. where before he went solo, so that covers what, like 72 up to like 81? Yeah, around there. And then we're going to, next week we're going to pick up from Holy Diver oh, and go forward. So we're picking out some of our favorite songs, something you guys should check out and really enjoy. And as always, we recommend everybody go and purchase the music. Yes. Dio may be gone, but the legacy lives on. We want to celebrate that legacy. And we want people to know how much Dio means to us. And, you know, there's no better way to speak to that than record sales and, you know, downloads and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So get out there and support your Dio and show the world he may be gone, but he'll never be forgotten. We have to make clear that no holograms will be harmed in making of this episode. <laughs> Very funny. Too easy. All right, so I guess I'll start. Um, I think I have the earliest pick on here. And I'm going to play something by Elf. And uh, this is from the Elf self-titled album that came out in 1972. The members of the band grew up together, basically honky-tonk rock and roll from upstate New York. Yeah, that's weird. And uh, produced by uh, Roger Glover and Ian Pace from Deep Purple, who they had toured with at that time. Right on. Uh, in this album, Dio is listed by his birth name, Ronald Padavona. Though Dio had used Padavona for songwriting credits on earlier singles, he explained in an interview in 1994 that he went by his name on this album, mostly as a tribute to his parents. He wanted his parents to see his name on, yeah. on the album. The album certainly differs from his later works with songs like Hoochie Coochie Lady and Dixie Lee Junction. <laughs> but there are hints of some greatness to come, such as this track entitled Nevermore. Misleading 
See, that's wild, man. That old original Elf stuff. I've never listened to any of that. Like, this yeah. is going to be my first introduction to this band. Yeah. Because, like, the little bits and pieces of it I heard are so unlike what you come to associate the name Dio with. Right. That it's, it's, it was always hard for me to even, like, I don't even know if I want to start to try to understand any of this. Yeah, but with that song and some other stuff, there's 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 hints of what was to come in there. Yeah. Uh, we played a clip of a song called Carolina County Ball on uh, one of our, I think it was one of the Year in Review episodes. Yeah. It's different, you know, if you're expecting sorcery and dragon slang, you're not going right? to get it. But um, it's pretty good rock and roll stuff. And, you know, as a kid, I always assumed that Dio was from England. Did you? Sure, because, I mean, you think about all the bands that he was in, especially his pre-solo era. Right. You know, it's it's Rainbow, which has got the deep purple connection, mm-hmm. and that's English, and then it's Sabbath, and that's English, you know? So I always assumed that Dio was English, and it wasn't until I got older to realize, wow, Dio's an American. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. 
So I go, I guess we'll just keep moving along. I don't know if these are in any kind of particular order. I mean, it's so hard. This is, again, another one of those things where it's like, how do you take these many albums that are so good and mm-hmm. whittle it down to five picks? That's difficult. It's almost impossible. So we're just going to pick out some of our favorites today. And, uh, you know, after Elf, it wasn't too long that, you know, after working with them and producing the albums and stuff, that Richie Blackmore's Rainbow says, we need a new singer, and he's splitting off from Deep Purple. He wants to make a break, and he wants to make it big. Mm-hmm. And that's when he reaches out to Ronnie James Dio and says, man, you got to be a part of this. And the album's awesome. I mean, I remember listening to this one when I was a little kid, not even knowing you know, nothing about Dio at that time. Mm-hmm. Just listening to this, just to have something to listen to. It was a, like one of my uncles had it. And I just always remember the opening track and how heavy it is and how much it kicks ass and how it was my favorite song at Rock and Pot Expo this last year because I was the man with the silver jacket. That's true. And everybody was coming up and singing that to me all day long. But, man, one of my all-time favorite songs, not just Rainbow, not just Dio, but rock and roll in general, you got to love it. Off of Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, this is Man on the Silver Mountain.
don't need silver bells when you have the man on the silver mountain. Shoot, no. You know, you don't even need green sleeves or anything like that. Right. This is a great album all the way through. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome one. So I'm going to go to the next one uh, on Rainbow Rising. Came out May 17th, 1976, produced by Martin Birch. Only Ronnie, with, aside from Richie, was retained from the first album. Joining the band at, on this one is Cozy Pal Jimmy Bain and Tony Carey, which is that's a hell of a great lineup. lineup. Yeah, this album was recorded in Munich in less than four weeks. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. In '96, Cozy Pal told Record Collector magazine that much of the album was recorded in one or two takes, with some wow. of the subsequent overdubs, which explains why there's no alternate or demo, you know, alternate demos or anything. Right, just the original or rough mixes. It was the only Rainbow album to go platinum in the U.S. Oh, really? Yep. It's an insanely good album from start to finish. My favorite tune on this one is Starstruck. Surrender. 
again, that kind of goes back to show why a young guy like me would think Ronnie was from England. Because, again, this man was huge overseas, but not really catching on so much in the States. Right. You know, so it almost seems like he was a part of that more than what he actually was. He was recruited from here to become a part of it. And I think Rising, I mean, I don't know that there's a bad song on Rising. No. I think the whole thing is great. And the album cover is pretty epic, too. I mean, it's one of the classic albums from that time. Yeah, I don't think uh, Rainbow gets their due, Mm -mm. especially back in those era, because, you know, Dio's known for the stuff he's done on his own. He's really known for these awesome Sabbath albums he was a part of. But I don't think people really give Richie Blackmore's Rainbow a chance when this is music that's definitely worth going back and checking out. If you love Dio, you owe it to yourself to check out some of this uh, Rainbow stuff. It's amazing. So I guess since we're not going in any kind of particular order, and I just picked out a, you know, the ones that I whittled down to say, okay, these I think are my five favorites, and that you know that changes in five minutes from now. <laughs> but this is one that's never going to change. When Heaven and Hell was first introduced to me, the album, I think this was like one of the first times that I realized, you know, and when you're young in pre-internet days, you don't know about the histories of bands. You know, I didn't know nothing about Elf, and I had no idea Dio was you know something to do with anything thing when I'm hearing Richie Blackmore's Rainbow when I'm real young. But once you get older and you start realizing this, you know, I knew Dio before I knew Dio was in Sabbath at Mm. one time. So then you go back and you rediscover stuff and you become more aware of the history of bands and things. And I remember Heaven and Hell listening to that for the first time and just being completely blown away. And it's heavy and it's rocking. And I remember listening to Sabbath, like my dad's records when I was a kid. And that's the old Ozzy stuff. Right. So this was a total mind, mind blower for me to hear this for the first time. But this has always been one of my favorite tracks off that album from 1980s Heaven and Hell. It's Black Sabbath along with Ronnie James Dio and a tune called Neon Nights.
killer song. Gotta love it. Yeah. So chugging. Full of energy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's you know very. It's a big contrast from how Sabbath started. You know, they were not right. a lot of not as doomy sounding, a little bit more up tempo. Right. I think Dio kind of with his different style of songwriting and stuff, and his contributions to the band. I mean, it must have been a trip for them to go from Ozzy, who really doesn't contribute a whole lot, you know, other than the performances and the vocals and the and the the singing. But then Dio comes in, and this guy's a songwriter, mm-hmm. you know. So it changes the whole dynamic of the band right down to the music. You know, you listen to them albums with, with Dio, and you try to compare it musically to the stuff from you know the Ozzy era, and it's like the doom is kind of gone. I mean, there's mm-hmm. still elements of it in yeah. there, no doubt about it. I mean, you can't have Tony Iommi without elements of that, but you know. Like you say, a little more up-tempo, yeah. a little more upbeat, and a little more rocking. Although the lyrical content got darker with, with Ronnie coming on board. Like, like Ozzy was a, more of in like... In a different way. It was like a, a warning a warning about evil. Ronnie's like, no, here's what evil is. Right. You know? yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like the, the lyrics did get darker with him because he was he was got more into the cerebral part of it rather than yeah. Ozzy was more of, you know, let's ward off and let's warn you about what you could happen. Ronnie's like, no, right. here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Cause I mean, even through Sabbath, all them years, there's a lot of uh, religious iconography or whatever yeah. you want to call it going on in the music. And, you know, a lot of it's kind of implied and makes you, you know, Sabbath music and the stuff with Dio even too. It's music that sometimes if you really delve into the lyrics, it'll really make you think, you know, and it's like, these guys are trying to save us from going to hell. Right. One more reason to love them. Yeah. So, but before we get you know too far under the Sabbath train, I want to do. I want to play something off uh, "Long Live Rock and Roll" from 1978. Came out in April of that year. The majority of the bass is actually played by Richie Blackmore on this album. And um, although Bob Daisley came on board during the recording of it, and he did do on he did play on some of it. It kind of it depends on who you believe on how much of it's Richie playing. The gatefold on this album is interesting because it features a big audience shot with people holding up the banner of Long Live Rock and Roll. But the story behind that shot, have you heard the story behind that? The picture was taken at a Rush concert. And they actually like airbrushed out a lot of the Rush logos on the T-shirts. Oh, wow. So I don't know why they chose to do that, but that's where the picture came from. Well, it's the perfect picture for for, uh, Long Live Rock rock and Roll. roll. Yeah, but it's an interesting story. Um, Ronnie claims in interviews that this album drove a wedge between him and Richie, uh, with Richie kind of wanting the band to be more pop-oriented, which would really more come more so on the album after this one, after he left the band. Right. But um, that may be true of some songs on this, but I love this album, and this song in my opinion was a huge inspiration to metal acts that would come later this is kill the king
Before we get back into our conversation and celebration of the almighty Dio right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, we're going to take a quick break. I want to let you know what's going on over at DecibelGeek.com. Yeah, album reviews for a band called Fifth Angel and a band I know you know, Bonfire. New stuff coming out by these bands. Check out those reviews. And also, oh, there's some big stuff going on. News stories about the band announcements for Sweden Rock, Mm -hmm. as well as the story about the new Tora Tora single. Who's not excited about that? I can't wait. I saw Anthony at the the, uh, show the other night. He's he's, uh, raring to go with the new album. He's probably really excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I can't wait to talk to them about that. That first single is awesome. I can't wait to hear the rest of it. I love Tora Tora. And Sweden Rock, we're going to have a whole crew of people going out reporting on that again the, again this year. Right on. Yeah. So we'll, have, we'll be the place to find out all the happenings going on at Sweden Rock. You're going to find all your photos there, all your mm-hmm. videos, all the write-ups. Everything's going to be at DecibelGeek.com. Of course, you know, DecibelGeek.com is not all we got going on. No, we've also got Decibel Geek TV. That's Rock and Ron Runyon producing Decibel Geek TV on the YouTube. And what's he got for us? Well, he's got the brand new episode of the Coon Brothers, their Christmas episode is up yeah you got to check these guys out they're a lot of fun you know rock and ron approved and of course rock and ron's such a hard worker he's already got the 1981 year in review video put together for part one and as we speak he's working on part two yeah it's really cool what he does he did he you know put visuals to everything we're talking about and you know? uh, he does a great job with those so i love what out. he does with the year in reviews because mm-hmm. like we talk about it but when you watch the video you get the visual that mm-hmm. goes with it and then you see like the pictures of the things that we're talking yeah. about and the clips of the news stories and all that. I, You know what? I love doing them episodes, but one of my favorite thing, things about it is when it's all said and done and Ron comes out with it and then you can watch it yeah. too. And I, even I get on. a kick out of that. Because, you know, we learn so much from doing the year in review shows, mm-hmm. but then just having that to go with it I think makes you that much smarter. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, we've got the Decibel Geek VIPs. You don't know about this? you got to know about it by now. Head on over to Patreon.com, look up Decibel Geek, and become a part of it because we're cranking out the Torpedo Dudes now. Yeah, we've got Episode 2 up, and it's a Music from the Elder discussion. That's out now. Plus the one we did the week before with uh, the Peter Chris discussion. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, it, it's a full another podcast, yeah. about an hour long. We do, you know, this this week in history mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, we have guests sometimes. We just recorded one just today, as a matter of fact, with a special guest. And we want you guys to check that one out. That's going to be coming up next. That'll be Torpedo Dudes Episode 3. But uh, 
We're also going to be doing some cool stuff with our VIPs, including giveaways. And speaking of which, we've got some cool ones coming up, including a brand new ACDC book. It's 1973 through 81, The Bond Scott Years by Jeff Apter. Yeah. It's an awesome book, and we're going to give that away to one of our VIPs. So if you're not a VIP yet, yeah, get on board. And you don't feel like you're getting enough decibel geek, like we said, sometimes you get caught up with your favorite podcast and then you don't want to wait for it well that's what's beautiful about what we got going on is because now that you're caught up and you you have the need for more yeah well we have the supply you've got the need the demand is there or go over to patreon.com mm-hmm. sign up to become a decibel geek vip and all that plus a whole lot more we're talking hundreds of hours of extra audio content available for you right now Go do it. All for the Give price me. of a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's the perfect Christmas present. It is. Or Kwanzaa Give it to or yourself. Hanukkah or Boxing Day or whatever. Yeah, whatever your holiday. December. Yeah. Celebrate December by becoming a VIP. You ready to get back to our December celebration? Yep, you're up. Okay. All right. So like I said, this was so difficult to do, you know, to break down the career of Dio pre-solo Dio and pick out five favorite songs. There's so many good ones. I mean, it's it's nearly impossible but this is one I just could not not include. And we talked about it last week on our 1981 episode, mm-hmm. the album Mob Rules by Black Sabbath. You know, if you want all the details, go back a week and listen to it. If you want the title track, crank it up because here it is.
The mob rules. Rules. It rules. Yeah. If you listen to fools. If you listen to fools like, like us. us. <laughs> in stereo. It's got to be true. It's in stereo. That's I think it's one of the greatest hard rock metal songs ever created. Absolutely. And best one of the best hard rock metal album covers mm-hmm. and just albums all around. You know, I know that was kind of like the beginning of the cracks in the armor of that era of Black Sabbath, but... You sure can't tell by listening to the album. Oh, those two albums stand alone. They really yeah. do. You know, even though they went through trouble before and after those records, but those records alone are just, they're solid. Yeah. yeah. It's its almost, again, one of those things where maybe they should have called it something else. Maybe they could have got more longevity out of it. Maybe, maybe there wouldn't have been so many heads butting on it yeah. you know, over what's what. When you get a band that's established as one thing and then you, you start over with a new set of musicians and a new vision and a new direction and it takes a totally light, a different life of its own like these two albums did, yeah. it's almost hard to think of these as Black Sabbath albums as much as you almost think about them as Dio albums featuring some of the guys from Sabbath. Yeah, I mean, there's a case to be made for that. Although I, I love having them as part of the Sabbath catalog. Which, yeah, for sure. As we did in that the other side of or the other Sabbath or whatever we called it, yeah. that uh, where we did Tony Martin years and all the other years, Glenn Hughes. There's just they're a ba- they're just they're like Kiss. There's one of those bands where you can you can find greatness in pretty much every release. Well, maybe not Born Again, but that's just my opinion. Oh, come on. Yeah, I don't. Not a fan. Uh, so, all right. So, I'm going to go to the Heaven and Hell album, released April of 1980, also produced by Martin Birch. This is a theme you're going to notice. Uh, some of this material was demoed with Ozzy. According to Geezer, there are tapes of Ozzy doing vocals for Children of the Sea. Oh, wow. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Hers is a much different melody line, like Ronnie changed it quite a bit. Sure. Because uh, they, they sang, their styles were so different. Very different. Like Ozzy sang with and Dio kind of jumps across yeah. you know, with, with his lyrics. And as much, hate as, Sharon, as much hate as Sharon seems to get, she is responsible for introducing Dio to Tony Iommi. Yeah? Yeah. Which is kind of funny because she married Ozzy. Right. Yeah. And all that's going on. And all this stuff is going on at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pull Ozzy out of obscurity and bring him back to the forefront. But in the meantime, I'm going to continue to help Sabbath right. by introducing them to what's going to become another legendary singer for them and uh original demo recordings for the album featured jeff nichols on bass because geezer was going through a divorce and his future with the band was in question in fact when dio first joined the band he doubled his bassist and vocalist having played bass and elf oh wow and uh geezer would eventually return to the band and finish the album but uh hard to pick one song off this album but i went with lady evil
so good. Yeah. So good. Late seventies there was like a lot of rock songs about evil women. Well, I guess, you know, <laughs> when you're when you're in Sabbath too, you know, yeah. that's kind of the Maybe it's the, the Sharon course. connection, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he wrote it about her. All these songs were about, They're about Sharon. Sharon. Yeah. Santana down the line to yeah. the Eagles, it, all of them. Yeah, we figured it out. It's all about her. <laughs> All right, before we keep moving forward, I want to take a little step back because I want to revisit some Rainbow because, again, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. We already talked about it earlier in the show, so, I mean, no sense of messing around. It's the title track off the 1978 Rainbow album, Long Live Rock and Roll. It's something we can all live by. So, again, you know, it, it's only good if it's loud. So crank this one up, Long Live Rock and Roll.
and long live the legacy of Dio. Yeah, that song's undeniable. Never gets old. No. Some of this material, it's like it kind of stands still in time. Like it doesn't, it doesn't sound dated to. No, you don't period. listen to this and go, "Oh, that must have came out in you know seventy eight or eighty one right. or eighty. You know, it really doesn't have. Because some bands you can listen to and go, "Oh, that's very seventies." Right. Some bands you can listen to and go, "Oh, that's so eighties." Mm. But this, like you say, it kind of does kind of suspend itself in time where it's like if you didn't know you wouldn't know yeah it's, it's just that damn good it's got its own uh its own vibe to it well, i'm gonna go to the mob rules album released november 4th 1981 which is historical for me personally because that's one day before i turned six years old <laughs> i'm sure you remember it well i remember it well waiting at the line at the yeah. torah records my, waiting for your yeah. copy of mob rules in my stroller um <laughs> produced by martin birch also uh, according to tony iomi's biography iron man my journey through heaven and hell of black sabbath the band re- began writing and rehearsing songs for mob rules at a rented house in toluca lake in la initially the band hoped to record in their own studio to save money and actually purchased a sound desk but according to iomi we just couldn't get a guitar sound we tried it in the studio we tried it in the hallway we tried it everywhere but it just wasn't working we would bought a studio and it wasn't working they eventually recorded the album at the record plant in los angeles yeah well mission accomplished because this album is killer and my favorite track from it is voodoo
definitely would have included that if, if this would have been my top six. Yeah, Voodoo Voodoo would have been in there for sure. That's a great song. Oh, I love that song so much. Yeah, all these songs today. I mean, there's not a clunker among them. No. And I think here's here's kind of the thing. You know, I've never met Dio. I'm sure there's probably somebody out there listening to this right now that knew Dio and mm-hmm. and got to meet him or even got an autograph or maybe even know him on a personal level. Myself personally, I've never met Dio. But the thing is, is he's gone now, you know, and out of all like the rock stars that passed away in recent memory, I don't think other than maybe Lemmy, I don't think any of them hit me as hard as Dio mm. because I've never seen Dio, never met Dio, no. you know, and now that opportunity was taken away. It's gone forever. Yeah, that's true. So all we have left now is like going on the YouTube and stuff and watching old videos, old interviews. Well, there is a hologram. Oh, yeah, I guess there is a hologram. <laughs> So I guess there we got that. But other than that, you know, you go back and you watch these interviews and stuff, and he just seems like such a genuine person, you know, such a good dude. You know, when he's talking about writing these songs and trying to warn people about, you know, choices in life and and different paths you can take. And, and, you know, hopefully that you pick to do good, you know, instead of doing people wrong, you know. And that's a lot of the repetition in these songs is, again, you know, that's that's the Sabbath way. But Dio took it to another level, and his way of explaining things is just one of those things where it's like you can—you don't just rock out to these songs. You can learn something yeah. from them too. And you know, I hope if, I hope everybody listening to this got a chance to meet Dio, and I know most of us haven't. But through the music, through the interviews, you know, it almost feels like he's a part of you mm-hmm. because you—you've learned so much from him. And again so genuine so cool and so well spoken and so smart you know and you think oh rock stars these are big dummies partying all the time not Dio man very philosophical very philosophical great representation of hard rock and metal in the way that we want to be seen Mm -hmm. I think I agree so you know this whole Dio Sember celebration as funny as that sounds you know that's really what it is we wanted to take the time to celebrate the legacy of Dio and I think we got off to a really good start with it here today you know next week you're going to get the solo Dio and that's going to be a whole nother can of worms how the hell are we going to pick five solo Dio songs it's not easy there's like twice as many albums of his from 81 on and there's great shit on all of them on on every single one of them yeah so let the inner turmoil begin. But <laughs> this one for me was a no-brainer. Yeah. My favorite pre-solo Dio, Dio song. Mm. This is one that the first time I heard it, it blew me away. When you see Chris Sinzak posting videos of Lizzie <laughs> Hale singing it, yeah. it blows me away. It still sounds fresh today. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. It is. And that's exactly what it's all about. It's the choice between good and evil. Mm-hmm. It's to know that... There's a little bit of both that lives in each and every one of us, and it's up to us to feed the good and starve the evil. You know, it's up to us to choose to do right instead of doing wrong. It's up to us to choose the difference between heaven and hell. And we'll see you next week. See you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 